All right, lads. Just before we kick off our What Are The Odds Randball special, we've got some housekeeping to do. Guess what, Baz? What's that, mate? We've got a bloody sponsor, mate. I heard. We've got a bloody sponsor. The guys at the Yorkshire Hotel have obviously listened to your tips. They've got a bit of extra cash in their pocket, and they're like, want to go back to the lads. Oh, especially after last Saturday, race four. That's how, right. How good was that? How good was that? So, as I said, the Yorkshire Hotel in Abbotsford, uh, now our sponsor for us and Sporting Chance magazine. Um, so, you know, you obviously like to punt, you obviously like to have a few beers, you obviously like to have a food and watch the sport. So head down there, the Yorkshire Hotel in Abbotsford, and uh, yeah, your weekend needs for all the sporting action will be covered. All right, on to the show. If he scores this, and Australia are perhaps on their way to a fourth consecutive World Cup. Yedinak against Donis Escobar. A huge kick in the context of this two-legged tie. Millie Yedinak fires it home despite a touch by Escobar. And are Australia on their way to Russia? It's a Ramble special because we have World Cup fever. The Socceroos bloody well did it and we we're did. off to Russia. We're off to Russia. For better or for worse... Whether or not it's going to be a good tournament, bad tournament, whether or not it was an end before then because of Putin, whatever, we are, we've qualified. We qualified. For the World Cup. We did. We did. Putin, Nick, the bearded maestro, had a fantastic game. 4-4-2 and uh, Daily Football Show, two of the Australia's more, more reputable uh, footballing uh, websites, I suppose, uh, said he had nine out of, uh, 9.5 out of 10 game last night. Yeah, he played all right. He played pretty deep in the first half. And yeah. Just to, you know... Make sure we're okay with Honduras probably playing the best 30 or 40 minutes they've played of the two games. And then got himself on the score sheet when yeah. I was begging for him not to take that free kick, which you all laugh at me when you were at the pub watching the game. Yeah. There was Moy, Rogic, Yedinak, and I'm screaming, please don't let Yedinak anywhere near this. And then he scores. But I, I can guarantee you 99% of the people who, who, who watch football probably were thinking the exact same thing oh guaranteed like yeah no one was that confident but uh you know it is what it is so you know we're off we're off to Russia and that's all that matters but and you mentioned this last night you've got a little bit of beef I do you've got a little bit of beef with just Aussie football in general yes the media FFA yeah all of it just is, is it that hard to be positive for a change when it comes to round ball football in this country I think it is they're all scared the, the AFL, yeah. the NRL, every other sport, they're scared of them taking over. They'll, I'll give you a real tip. They'll never take over AFL or NRL in those specific states. And look, it'll be a, a game that everyone will love in Australia eventually and it'll sort itself out, hopefully. Currently, FIFA are intervening in two more weeks. I think FFA have uh, the deadline of the 30th of November. So what's happening is the, the board that's currently running the FFA is I think it's eight state-based um, clubs. Then I think there's only one from the A-League that gets a vote. And it doesn't it doesn't fall under FIFA constitution. And the Players Association wants to change that. And FIFA came, uh, FFA came back with, well, all right, we'll let you have two votes. Your women, W-League, A-League, and the rest is us. And it's all about splitting up the money. So obviously the players want more. Um, all that stuff so it's big big problems and it's been going on now for about 18 months and FIFA has stepped in and said you get yourself sorted by 30th or else we'll sort it for you 
So the clubs and the players want a 9-6-2 vote, I think it is, or 9-6-3, something like that. So nine votes goes to the states, so like the government's pretty mm-hmm. much, um, and then six to the clubs, and then two or three to the Players Association, W League, stuff like that. So that needs to be sorted out. And that's, that is also affecting how Ange goes about things. So, and he's getting, he's, you know, flack from, you know, the media at the moment, you know, the ex-Socceroos players that are giving him flack because he changed his style. Well, it's, if you've watched Ange coach anywhere or manage anywhere, sorry, we are talking football, he's always played this style of football. Now, we've gone from a team where, look, if you look at our team now that qualified this World Cup, it's probably the worst we've had out of the last four. Yeah. Not saying that they're bad because obviously we still qualify, but it's not... We don't have a team of world beaters. We've got two guys that are getting regular starts in the Premier League. Yeah. And everyone else is playing in what is essentially either second division football or the equivalent of. Yeah, they're playing Dutch League or something like that. So they're not playing high standard week in, week out European football. Mm. Some of them are playing in Champions League, like Rodjick, for Mm -hmm. example. And he's class, Moy's class. And they offer something different in the middle. One's the one that delivers all the balls. The other one just walks his right way through the midfield with the ball at his feet and you know you got Leckie adds a bit of speed he, you know he's playing well for Hertha Berlin in, in the Bundesliga uh, and you know Tommy Urich plays well for uh, I can't remember who he plays for in the Swiss League uh, Timmy Cahill's barely got game time and that's come up again so for what Andrew's done is phenomenal and he's everywhere he's gone he's been successful and unfortunately, so when Ange used to coach our, our uh, young Socceroos years ago, he's probably going back 10, 15 years ago. And even then, because he wasn't winning, but he was playing a good style of football, Craig Foster and the likes were absolutely just giving it to him. I remember an interview on SBS one day. He just copped it off everyone. And it's the same thing. He's doing well with the Australian side. We've qualified. He's taken us to World Cup yeah. before and again. We've won the Asian Cup. Mm-hmm. We weren't too bad in the Confederate so Cup. Cup yeah. So what else does he need to do? How about we just be positive well, for I a think, change? I think what he needs to do is win a World Cup, but it's not going to happen. It's unrealistic to think it's going to happen. Yeah. It's not our premier sport. Like, if you look at the teams that haven't qualified for this World Cup, you've got USA, Netherlands, Italy, Chile, and probably Ivory Coast. Yeah. You'd probably say generally they would, but we have. Yeah. We've played more games than anyone else. How about some positivity for, for a change instead of just looking at all the negatives? He hasn't even... No one... At no point has he ever said, I'm looking at leaving or anything either. No, he this just is, said, I'm going to wait for everything to work out. And, yeah. and, and everything else, it makes perfect sense. Like, if you're going to go... You're going to go interview for a job, and then someone whispers in your ear, oh, that place is about to go to an absolute rambles. The bloody board's about to collapse, and the CEO's about to walk out. You wouldn't yeah. take the job. You'd be like, oh, I want the job. Yeah. But how about you just let me know if it's going to be a job in four weeks' time. Because yeah, FIFA could and then us- I'll And then I'll just... Uh, and then I'll apply but, you know, until then, I want some bit of security. This is so serious with the FFA that FIFA could actually tell us that we're ineligible to go to the World Cup. Yeah. yeah that is how serious this is. Yeah. And Andrew's got that plus other shit going on with, you know, the media and there's other politics at play here because, you know, he's not one of the, you know, the soccer ruse, as he put it, you know, last night in his post-game interview. And I just think we should turn around and go, hey, look what he's actually done. Look at the mm. body of work and just congratulate him and say, well done. Yeah, and there are people who have done it, but there's a majority that aren't. Mm, definitely, yeah. especially when today all the uh, all the headlines in, in the most major newspapers were saying like, "Oh, bombshell as 
Ange does not confirm he's going to the World Cup and Bombshell is Cahill does not confirm well like Cahill's 38 and has a dodgy ankle yeah. it's like at any game time so he can't confirm he's not going to be he's going to be in the team in like by the time we get to the World Cups see and it, again this is an overreaction by the media because if you look at his last game for Melbourne City he actually started yeah and he got hacked down and got an ankle injury yeah so he who He's probably being managed by Melbourne City because yeah. he's been playing all these Socceroos games because we played more qualification games than anyone, anyone else, else yeah. ever. 22, and we qualified. And Tim Cahill was a big part of that. So Melbourne City probably been you know, nursing him. And it's just the fact that he probably won't be a part of our starting 11 or Melbourne City starting 11. He's going to be an impact player now. He's 38. He can't do it yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, even last night, like he wasn't overlapping he wasn't doing the things he could do five or six years ago and it's just because he's 38 and yes he's still going to be an impact player he's still and this is probably the other thing for him as well which I heard today that would he get picked if Ange wasn't the coach if another manager comes in yeah. takes over he probably doesn't pick him I don't reckon at all oh well you gotta you know look bait probably tell it he's, up he's still he's still in the soccer is best 15 or 16 or whatever they take yeah to but he game. probably wouldn't get much game time no he's probably there as our like captain our leader our inspirational oh, leader oh but you know Timmy Cahill's head in the box is a pretty magical thing it is as even we saw last night the header didn't go in but he did jump into space to get his to get connection and nearly lobbed nearly lobbed the keeper yeah and that was great and yeah I just think that football in this country can be great and we can be a great nation at football but I just we just keep somehow just keep shooting ourselves in the foot whether it's the administration the players the our manager like you know think about it, we went from Kuskinik to shit for how many years the we finally time, yeah. got it we finally and we had all these international coaches yeah Pim Verbeek and everyone else and what was the other one buddy Ossif Holger where his yeah, name was yeah. and we finally got a decent manager who nobody's doing yeah, doing a great job and yeah there's no respect yeah and I think it's a it's a two part complex, I suppose. At the FFA level, football's always been a small sport in Australia, and so they've got away with being a small board. Like yeah. there was no accountability; they can just do what they want. Like get like yeah, it's a lot of money they're handling, but it's not AFL dollars, it's not NRL dollars. If, if it goes to shit, no one really loses out that much. So they can they can you know the Lowry's can just run the Lowry's business and all that kind of stuff. Whereas now it's actually growing. It's an un, like it it won't take over AFL. Yet, I actually think long, long term, like 50 years from now, I think football is probably the only sport in the world that exists, yeah. potentially, because it's the only sport everyone plays and it's only universally, like when it comes to TV and stuff, it's the only thing that everyone watches. Yeah. Um, which will have a, a lot to play in the longevity of all sports. And so they now have to deal with, like, do we want to be a proper league? Do we want to, we want to try and take more piece of that pie? And to do that, you need accountability. You need to actually know what you're doing, and, and they don't. Well, that, that's the problem with the play association and the, and the clubs, and that they want a bigger piece of the pie. Mm. Now, Larry's like, ah, oh, no, we're just going to put more in our back pocket. Yeah. Which is fair enough. I mean, to be fair, he started this up. He's got it all going. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for Frank Larry, we wouldn't be in this position we're in now. Exactly. No doubt. But then he also needs to evolve, and we need to get, the, you know, yeah. get this sport going in Australia. And yeah, I just think that. We're almost being unrestrained about this. Yeah. And we need to, yeah, just be a bit positive for it for a change. And, like, you heard, I don't know if you listened to the post match interview, but he was emotional and he, he was stressed. You could see how much pressure he was under. 
that's all become that's all coming from media and and the back backroom politics. Just let the man do his job. You saw how much the players loved him, and I think if he's not manager at World Cup, we really struggle. But if he is manager, I reckon we're a chance getting out of the group stage. Yeah, that's that's very confident considering obviously the groups aren't out yet. But like out of the, t- you've got the list here of everyone who's qualified, the thirty-two teams. And we're in pot, so we're in pot four. So we've got Panama, Iran, South Korea, Japan, Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, and Egypt. So we can't play any of those teams. Yeah, they're in the same pot. So then it gets it gets ranked from your actual something that has to do with your ranking, what what selections you have. But out of the next, like out of the remaining teams, who's a team that you go? Oh yeah, we get three points against them. Because I don't see one to be totally frank. You don't see one. No. I'd back us against like Senegal and Morocco. Senegal. Yeah. No. I, I think the way we played last night and the way we played in the away league, where Ange actually changed his tactics and played more of a solid midfield with Luongo, Irvine. I think and 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 Risden as well. Like I, he can adjust, and I back it. I, you know, I reckon we're you know we're not the best team in the world. Obviously, we're yeah, not gonna, yeah. we're not, we're not going to beat a Brazil or a Argentina or you know an England or, or actually I hope we beat England, but it's Germany or Spain. Yeah, even a France. But we're, yeah. we're going to be competitive. I feel, and I reckon we're a real shot to get out of the group stage. I know it's probably me being yeah patriotic a bit. And, Definitely very patriotic. But I'm I'm hopeful. And yeah, it's just concerning, like in terms of that, when you know teams, you look at those and you go, "Oh, who are the weak weaklings?" For lack of a better word, you go Peru, who have great players. You say Senegal, but even like Morocco and Tunisia, and then like Serbia from Europe, and they've all got they've all got at least a handful of players that are playing top tier football day in day out. And we've still and got so, still got another. Yeah. Six to eight months to, to develop some up and coming talent. Yeah, we might have and, uh, someone <laughs> pop out of nowhere. You never know, hey? Yeah, no, nah, fair enough then. So, uh, Jamie Vardy came from the clouds. Very true, and uh, even he's not really getting a regular gig for England. So, uh, Yabawa. On he goes! Oh! Even by his standards. Breathtakingly brilliant. Speaking of England, that's a great segue, Brian. Well done. We're going to do a little uh, league wrap of uh, our three major leagues that we like to follow, starting off with the EPL. And uh, we'll do some talking points first, and we'll finish off with some predictions in each of these leagues. So the first talking point is obviously Australia has an issue when it comes to the A-League and marketing it and getting people to watch it and turn out to games. Yeah. What makes the EPL so good? What, what can we take out of the EPL and go, how do we replicate this? Well, quality of players for starters. Yep. Uh, also, the fact that they, in England, you brought you you bred watching this stuff, mm. especially if you're from like north north small rugby's and a little bit down south. But yeah, you're pretty much grown up just playing, yeah, watching football, watching football. Yeah, a little bit of rugby, a little bit of cricket. But you grow up as in Australia, we grow up in like you know we have this issue now at our cricket club where kids can have that many sports. They play basketball, hockey, soccer, or football, um, swimming, rowing cricket Aussie rules like where does it stop it's over there over there it's a bit bit different but mm. yeah they grow up whatever the town they grow up in that's who they follow and I think that's the major part too there's a proper tribalism to it because there's not overlap so here you have to yeah here the A-League's going up against Big Bash and cricket so it's going up against other sports but it's also like you know Melbourne City and, and Melbourne Victory they're not associated to North and South Melbourne or East and West Melbourne. No. 
So, like, the DB is just kind of, like, more of a personal thing, like, do I want to follow the shape that is victory or be an independent thinker and follow a decent club? Yeah. And that's just a choice you have to make sometimes. It's a bit like the AFL. You don't follow, yeah. you don't follow your hometown in, in the AFL. You follow, you know, there's only 10 yeah, there's teams only 10 in teams Melbourne and yeah. stuff like that. But even then, like, you, you're brought up with Aussie rules in your blood. Exactly. Most exactly. people yeah. are anyway. And then cricket's the same. Summer, well, it's cricket time. Hmm. So you watch and play cricket. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, so there's that part, but also, as you said, like the EPL, not only do they have decent players, because it's, it's probably more popular than leagues that probably have better players across the board, yeah. like your Bundesligas and your La Ligas. Even Serie A now has probably got a highest, like their top games are of better quality. French? Yeah, with one or two teams. Um, but it's also the fact that every, most games, the vast majority of games at minimum are compelling. Yep. And at best, are actually really a really exciting product. And it's televised worldwide yeah. with, with ease, mm. except in Australia when you got to have an Optus Sports package. But it's yeah, like you, you try and watch La Liga or Serie A here until probably a couple of years ago, mm. you couldn't get it. The EPL is on your screen. Exactly, and it's the yeah. same worldwide. EPL is that easily accessible as other competitions in Europe aren't as accessible. So yeah. that, that plays a big part in that as well. Not very true. Now, uh, the probably the one problem that the league has is parity, and you know, only really only certain teams have any any chance of uh, looking like winning the title at any certain point in their narrative arcs. And well, we made our early season predictions of one team to bust through the glass ceiling, spend a little cash, and be one of the big six. And that's your boys, the Toffees, Everton Football Club. Really shit, haven't we? And you've been absolutely terrible. Yeah. What's What's going on? And we just had another another manager knock us back as well. Yeah, no one wants to go near you. You've you sacked a manager. Yeah, and then you kind of did the cardinal sin of sacking a manager without really having anyone in mind to replace him. Yeah, well, and now you now you've just got like an overweight PE teacher just running on the sidelines. Pretty much, and players not happy, and no one's happy. Yeah, it's it's different because you know generally as a club we're very united and have a good culture, but it's changed in the last six or twelve months. Do you blame the manager? Do you blame the money coming in? Uh, do you blame the staff hired? I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not obviously in the inner sanctum. Yeah, as they as, say, as they leave. It, it's pretty uh, concerning. Like, I think, like we won't get relegated, but Jesus Christ, from where we were meant to be and the money was spent. Yeah, we've had a big flop of a season. I know it's only a, th- a, a third, third way through, third yeah. way through, and there's still a lot more to play. But geez, any chance of playing in Europe next year is definitely shot and maybe that was a problem that was my my one concern earlier in the year was that we don't have the squad depth to cover playing in Europe playing in the Cups and then playing uh, in the EPL especially without a proper renowned striker we lost Lukaku who scored us lots of goals and we went with the scattergun approach of having lots of midfielders who can score and you know relying on Rooney and a, a young kid and you know someone else scoring goals but it hasn't happened so yeah, we're in a bit of strife, I think. But I think we'll still finish mid top ten. Hopefully, it's only only like four or five points from top ten. Yeah, and we're you know realistically only three games out of the top five, so we're still a chance. But it's a long time. And back. it's before Christmas, so we we're yet to see the Arsenal capitulation, which always happens at Christmas time. Yeah, as it's it's basically the last five years of the of the Wenger reign is relied on that. Uh, Liverpool is only some clock madness away. And uh, Chelsea, there is just too many whispers around Conte that 
he's not happy and all the players aren't happy with him or he's not happy with management or so there's three clubs there in the top six that are uh, you know small scale media dilemmas away from the wheels falling off a little bit as well and you look at the two like there's a couple of teams in the top ten that you know, we both said will be safe and fit, finish high up in Huddersfield and Brighton again it's only a third way through the season they're likely to get relegated now I've just brought that up yeah but like they're in the top ten I'd back Everton to you know jump them as well so well, not even, currently, but and even Burnley's in seventh, and yeah. yeah, so there's there's spots there to be taken. Yep. So it's not all bad for Toffee fans. It just is right now, and maybe don't watch the game on the weekend. Um, and I suppose at the other end, you've got City just oh. miles in front for this for this early in the season. They're already eight points clear, um, which is just yes, just lose. absurd. Yet to lose as well, and you know. It is always a bit of a curse when it, you start counting your eggs before they hatch, but people are banding around the, the will they match or better the uh, they're, they're, the perfect Arsenal. They're scoring th- three or more goals a game. It's crazy. They are they are hitting crazy numbers, especially for a league that is renowned for such parity. Is this an aberration season? Do you think, or is this the start of of the City Group taking over the football world? Well, probably they spent enough money. They should be doing a lot better. Uh, they still haven't won anything in Europe, so that's probably the the main goal as well. But yeah, I think this is they they got their manager. He's had a season to acclimatise, get everything right, get the players he wants in and out, and now playing the sort of football as well. And it helps, I think, with the Bruin as well. Like he's proper he's, class. He's proper proper class. Won't win the ball in the all, but anyway, he's proper class. Yeah. And yeah, and he he could be the reason why Belgium finally gets rid of that um, tag of. Oh, they, they're a dark horse they mm. never do anything in a, in a major competition now they just be proper contenders because yeah they've got him and Lukaku like that's pretty dangerous two players mm. plus they've got some pretty handy players also already playing for their team so but yeah I think Man City just run away with it I'm surprised United's played as well as they have in, a, in the position they're in I thought they'd drop a bit Tottenham are doing well but just can't win at Wembley and uh, yeah the rest just doesn't really matter I don't think yeah so is that bad, do you think, for the future of the Premier League? Or does it not matter? Like- it doesn't matter because it would just mean that other clubs will start spending more money. and then Because obviously the bullshit FIFA rule they brought in about fair spending and yeah. all that stuff, it doesn't make a difference. They still spend whatever money they like. And yeah, just Man United might have to spend some money. Chelsea have got money to spend. They've all got money to spend those top five, six clubs. It's mm. whether they do it and whether they spend on the right players. Like, you know, in the off-season, Tottenham didn't add anyone. And they're mm. still sitting third on the table. So if they went and bought two or three decent players, you never know. Like, you know, and they've got a pretty good attacking midfielder as well in Ali. So yeah, I just I don't think it'll really matter. They might win two or three in a row, who knows? But they might not win they still and, might not win this year. And the Premier League's been fine when Ferguson was winning it every year. Yeah. Everyone's still tuning in to watch it. And and Chelsea for the short period of time. Exactly. That, yeah. So there's yeah, there's been it you you already know that, you know, one of four clubs are gonna win it from the start of the season anyway so you don't watch it for that you watch it and they, they market it really well in the sense that you know there are so many little narratives there are so many little little tiffs and rivalries and that kind of thing that you know you'll get, you'll get up for a 7th versus 11th game you'll get up for a relegation battle you'll get up for maybe making the Europa kind of qualifications so you know, that, you know the Premier League is definitely safe and sound where they are struggling and where they definitely need to break through sooner rather than later is in Europe 
Asistencia de Xavi, mezca para esta para Messi, 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 Ankara 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 Messi, Do people care about the Champions League, do you reckon? In general? So obviously I reckon... Like, even... Like, I if you back for City, yeah. would you rather win the Champions League or win the win the league? Oh, well, you've already won the league a few times, so you probably want to win the Champions League, wouldn't you? Yeah. But I, like... I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like people are more concerned about winning their own leagues than they are the Champions League. It's very prestigious and there's a bit of prize money to go with it. Yeah. But it's probably not the prize money to win your own league. Hmm. Uh, but I think it's more the prestige of it for the players more than anything. And obviously they get bonuses for it as well. But I don't really... I don't, I don't know. I never really take much notice of Champions League until the knockout stages happen. Yeah. And that's that's probably the best time to watch it as well. Yeah. And there is a huge disparity between, you know, the best, the best teams in the top four leagues versus, you know, the Swiss qualifier and the... Yeah. Even even Celtic, who are a proud Scottish club, struggle immensely when they go to the Champions League. Yeah, well, they're poor, they also dealt, got dealt a very rough group yeah, this got, year. Yeah, they got uh, PSG and, and Bayern, so they're still fitting third, and they'll probably go to Europa and be competitive in that when, yeah. once they get knocked out. So, but yeah, like you do have your your teams at you know your Olympiacos who have got no chance, your Marubo, wherever they're from, like seriously, but you know like. <laughs> But then you got your newcomers in RB Leipzig as well. Yeah. So and like they're a club on the up. Um, yeah, like it's it's good. I like it, but like I said, I only like it when it gets to the knockout stages. Yeah, because it's better football. It's a lot more pressure, a lot more intense, and uh, it's a very good way to make money on unders and overs and the total goals. Yeah, and that's what we're all about. Um, do you think that you know, obviously you don't tune into the knockout stages? Do you think it needs a schedule shakeup? Should it? Should it become a league? Should it be? Should it be less teams, and we'll get on with it with the real matches quicker, or just leave it as is? Or do we go World Cup style and balloon it out to fifty, 50 teams. teams and have it go for all year or whatever? No, I think the way they do it's pretty good. And if you finish, like I said, you finish third in, in your group um, table at the end of it, you slide the into Europa. Table, yeah. You slide into Europa and have a chance of winning that. Which I don't know why they do that because. Uh, I don't know why. Obviously, Europa's for the poorer clubs or the clubs that don't have the, the spend of some of these like Big United clubs, yeah. and Paris and Germain and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't even know why they have Europa, to be honest. Because what is... like? Yeah, you are the best of the second-tier European teams that kind of finish mid-table in their leagues. And then you can go play in the Champions League, League next, next year. year and yeah. have the same thing happen, most likely. Unless, oh, unless you're in United. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a bizarre little... It is bizarre. Yeah. There's nothing like that in the Asian Champions League. There's nothing like that anywhere else in the world. Except for maybe when you play fantasy and you finish in the bottom six of your fantasy group and you get to play a little little playoff tournament. That's quite comparable, isn't it? It is. That's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's a bit strange, but that's fair enough. And 
then to round out our little Ramble predictions, our little battling league. So if everyone thought the Europa League was pretty pointless, I think the A-League struggles for meaning, partly because is 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 too few teams for a football competition that's that's based on probably like a fair a fair system Australia's not a great place to have a fair competition because like for instance Perth just got thumped they went to Wellington it's the longest domestic uh, travel in a, in a football competition in the world yeah it's a bit and so like having things like that just create weird well they won't they're not going to be in the league next year are they Wellington they're, won't be Wellington, no. 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 so it'll be a nine-team competition exactly. unless they add someone and this is why this this needs to be a two-tier thing now because it's just it's a like Brisbane Raw and you can almost almost write off Melbourne Victory even Adelaide mm. the season's pretty much done and there's no there's no draft picks there's nothing no there's no reason to tank there's no reason to, to lose but also like what's the reason to play for as well like there's yeah. just you obviously you, yeah. You're, you, yeah you want you, you want to make the finals because if you finish top you win a you win a you win yeah. a, a trophy but you don't win at the whole thing it, yeah Australia, well you do you win one of the things yeah well, in Australia we like have the final system yeah. which is fine and it's great to watch again yeah and again you go to age I think that's the next step I think teams in, a, in the A League will just start taking the Asian Champions League more well, seriously because yeah. again prize money exposure Bojo, all that sort of thing fan bases fan base yeah and that's important and that's probably why the City Group brought Melbourne Heart and, and it's why people are investing in our competition because it's there's money there to be made mm. if, if you're good in Asia and you build that supporter base but yeah it's an interesting season like I, did, did you see Newcastle Jets being on top after six games I wouldn't have said that loud but it was part of me that saw the movements they had because that the side they have now is very similar to the Mariners group that won in the early days of the A-League so I think we both we both predicted them to finish around 5th or 6th yeah but well I mean that's and we are only 6 games in exactly so Melbourne, Melbourne City again probably above where we thought they'd be at much above Sydney are a bit below but you know they've got they're, they're yet to gel but they they still think on paper and even even in glimpses, they're still the best team in the competition this year. And then the disappointment of Adelaide and Melbourne. Melbourne, I have no idea. Adelaide, they're perennial losers now. Like they they just seem to either finish top or finish last. Like, that's yeah. all they can do. And so this is obviously their last finishing year. Uh, City, uh, sorry, Victory have never been this bad. They're historically bad this year. Could they suck Musket? <sighs> I don't think so because I think he has too much too many too much cachet at the club yeah, and it would it would you know it would break too many fans hearts and blah blah but people are calling for it already and they probably should I don't I don't really rate him that much as a as a manager we, we know that we don't really rate him that much as a human being or a or a footballer oh I know but he was a footballer when he played at Wolves yeah yeah yeah, yeah but no I just I don't think he gets sacked either because he's he's too important to the yeah to the to the culture and the philosophy of the club yeah exactly he's a bit like like Kevin Sheedy in a way to Essendon I reckon he could be there another 20 years mm. and they, they'd probably win more than they lose but they're just having a bad start and obviously the only other one was, was Brisbane who they're old yeah the philosophy of get the oldest blokes possible yeah. isn't working no. and that wasn't unsurprising yes no we, we again we did say that and it's coming true so hopefully you've made some money on us so far I mean I know it's early and there's still probably a third we're a third of the way through competition but if you did listen to our forecast on the EPL and 
Oh, like we seem to be traveling all right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're hitting 75% of the time, which is pretty good. Do we have a, an early prediction for the A-League? I still think Sydney and, and Melbourne. Melbourne City, like McCormack and you know a few other players that have been playing pretty well. And Sydney obviously still well ahead. And if Western Sydney Wanderers, you don't count them out. But I'm probably... I probably nailed it down to two, and I'm probably a bit biased again, being a Melbourne City fan. So I'd probably get on Sydney, but yeah, I'd, I mean we both said it start Sydney probably yeah. the one. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, I think finals this year might be a lot closer than it has been previous years. But in terms of the actual race for the premiership, um, yeah, Sydney for mine. And yeah, Man City st- stay on them, just keep going. And yeah, yeah, again. The only other thing you probably make money on is whether Huddersfield or Brighton drop right off and maybe end up in a relegation fight, but I'd be quite surprised that happens. Yeah, I would be as well. Huddersfield, especially Huddersfield, Materia boys are doing great, and Aaron Moy, he is he is making it rain in the Premier League, and good on him. He deserves all his prizes. Here's Aloisi for a place in the you World Cup. For us. He's yeah! Thank you.